Hey, holy cannoli, episode 23. Honey, I just wanted to say we have arrived. Why? (laughs) (laughs) If I could turn back time, if I could find a way, I take back all those things that I hurt you. The words. I take back all those words that I hurt you, and you'd stay. Special guest. Share on I've been podcast. waiting all day to sing that because we got to sleep in today. Like, we, we have, have o- arrived. We have older kids, so there was a time and a place and a space in time <laughs> when fallback didn't have any effect. But last night we were good. We got an extra. Oh, hour of merciless! Sleep. Thank you, thank you to the Most High God above. We got to sleep in, and it was awesome. And so, thank you, Cher. Thank you for, if I could turn back time. (laughs) Do you want to tell the story about that? (laughs) So, we have a story, which goes back to, I think, is that our first year of marriage? First year. Early years. Something like that. I bought my wife these tickets to a concert in in Sacramento. We drove up. It was Jeremy Camp, who I don't know if anybody remembers who he is. If you do, let us know on the Love Facebook page. Jeremy Camp. My wife had a crush um, on... Not a crush. You just I loved, loved him. You just loved this sexy rock and roll Christian star. Who a lot of people say looks like you, which is fun. Well, hello. I, yeah. I just complimented myself. <laughs> Except I didn't have a crush, okay. honestly. You didn't, honestly? You just liked his music I and did. the way he shook his hips on stage. Shook his hips. No. So anyways, this guy who looked really sexy like me, I took her to a concert, and for whatever reason, was it Fall Back? It must have been. Or no, you were really into that TV show, Will and Grace. Oh, yeah. And one of the characters, yes. I think Grace or Will. Jack. Ooh, Jack. Jack. I don't watch that show. but Would impersonate Cher, okay. and he would like flip his hair <laughs> And he would say, if I could turn back town. And yeah, so I didn't even watch his show, but you talked about it so much. I oh, started so doing funny. it. I started imitating Jack, <laughs> imitating Cher. Yes. And when I can get Wendy to laugh, you guys, <laughs> if I can get Wendy to laugh, that's big time because Wendy likes to laugh. And I'm not always the funniest person in the world. I have to try really hard. I'm not like Whoa. witty funny on the fly. But if I can get Wendy to laugh, I feel really good about myself. Oh, my gosh. And so this little shtick I did of Jack impersonating <laughs> Cher was getting her. So the whole weekend in on this trip at the Jeremy Camp concert, I kept doing it. If I could turn back time. Exactly. We were staying in a hotel in Sacramento randomly. And uh, I was singing at the, the top of my lungs. Oh, just we were silly. cracking We up. were cracking up, laughing. I remember jumping on the bed just being crazy like a kid, you know, in a hotel yeah. room. And then I think, was it like... I think we got a phone call. <laughs> I think it was like, oh, like in the middle of loud screaming singing from the hotel from, landline right? yes and we answered it and it was like nothing right yeah it was a hang up it was a hang it up. was a hint it was like we hear you and shut please up be quiet <laughs> but then the next morning right the next morning we're remember. getting ready to go or we're laying in bed or something and i start singing too and all of a sudden we heard Knock, knock on, on the, the wall. wall, and we freaked out. We just got super oh quiet. Oh my god! Don't say anything. Oh, that's so I thought funny. we were gonna get hacked by some sort of disgruntled hotel um, guest. 
Yikes. That's our story. <laughs> Don't so, be too loud and crazy. So share kids. Jack from Will and Grace. Um, they almost got us in trouble. But anyways, oh I hope gosh, you guys I are enjoying. YouTube that, babe, that. Let's, <laughs> Let's put that on the Facebook up. page. Let's put that clip on the Facebook oh, page. So good. Okay, Jack from Will and Grace. Hey, it's November 2018. If you're tuning in for the first time, this is episode 23. Angela Johnson was on last yeah, week. That was so, so great. Fun. Hope you guys enjoyed her. I think the coolest part was she talked about her show. I actually was feeling super stoked because she broke the news of her new TV show on our podcast. Oh, my gosh. Because when we were interviewing, she said, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to put it out there. Yeah. Because I don't even know if it's going to be public. And thankfully, the podcast went out and it went public within a couple of days. So she's got a TV show coming to NBC produced by America Ferrara and Kevin Hart, which is super cool. So wow. if you haven't listened to her episodes, episode 22, check that out. So is that like they're filming a pilot? Yes. Well, they they so they sold the pilot okay. to NBC. They have not even written the script oh, yet. Oh yes. Okay. Okay. That means that NBC bought it. Got thumbs it. up. Now they gotta write it, and then they gotta film it, and then hopefully they pick it up. Got it. <laughs> so okay. So it's still not a for sure for sure thing, but at least it's public. It's out there. like the hopeful next step. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep, yeah. Sweet. Uh, so episode, what we got going on today? Um, so you're sharing yep. a message you gave when? Yeah, a month I think ago? sometime, yeah, last month or two uh, from a church. I've been doing the church circuit around the Bay Area, speaking with different churches, which I love. So if you are someone who wants to have me come to speak with your church, I would love to. Let me know because I'm really digging it and meeting all these new people and being able to talk about Brave Maker and build partnerships. It's really fun. And so... I think this one is going to be, this one's all about, not that this one's going to be, it is, because I know. It's mm -hmm. all about uh, prayer in the first line of the prayer that Jesus talked about praying for our daily bread. What does that look like? And I was doing just some thinking about it, relating it to Moses in the desert. If you don't know that story, how God provided for the Israelites by dropping this stuff from the sky called manna, which I guess the real term for it manna actually means what is it which is kind of funny oh they called it like what is it we'll just call it what is it eat what is it oh. and how god provides so i was kind of riffing off of a bunch of different ideas that i've been thinking about especially as we're starting this new journey and how many people have helped us like literally provide for us giving us like today after this worship gathering somebody handed me a check and said hey here's some support for you super mm. cool and that's how we're living our life and i think there's something to be said about how all believers are invited to live independence on God as well as interdependent on each other. Mm. So cool. that's what we riffed about. Cool. And uh, before we launch into it, if you are interested, this is November 2018. We are still looking to reach our budget. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can go to bravemaker.com and donate. Even if just give 10 bucks a month, 50, some people give 100, 500. It all helps all of the expenses that we have to do this awesome gift of ministry and creating and launching Brave Maker. And I'm also looking if there's anyone out there who has, maybe you can't give financially, but you or your company has miles. You can give plain miles. I'm looking to get a ticket to go to the Sundance Film Festival in January 2019. So if that's something you donate, let me know. You can email me at Tony at BraveMaker.com or you can find me on all the socials. That would be awesome. Go to BraveMaker.com to check out how to donate. Cool. And you have an Amazon wish list. Yes. Supplies. Yes, yes, yes. So these uh, cool <laughs> microphones we're on were donated by someone on the Amazon list. But 
we're trying to expand because I'm getting more guests and I will be having two to three to potentially four at one time. So right now our sound recorder does two at a time, you and I, you and me, you and me, you and me. Mm-hmm. And we would like to get a upgrade that has a six channel recorder. It's called an H. 6N and get two more of these cool mics that we have. So if you want to donate those, you can go to bravemaker.com and go to donate link and there's an Amazon wish list and it's really cool and you just click on it and you can send it and it comes right to us. So so awesome. Yeah. We're so grateful for those who yep. have fo- found stuff on there and mm-hmm. s- sent them your way. Some of them have been anonymous, right? Yep. Yeah. So, Some people so just cool. put love Jesus on it, which is oh, fun. So cool. Yeah. And if I had a share song, is there a share song that says, thank you for giving, thank you? Or is that a Whitney Houston song? Oh, my gosh. I'm the last <laughs> person that can answer thank any you. song. Jen Atkins, I believe where are you? the children are the future. <laughs> Teach them well and let them lead. Okay, this is so no, bad, you guys. That's... I should not be singing. No. All right, let's go. Okay, Bye. enjoy. <laughs> you are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life. Who we are and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gapastone. If you're just walking in, my name is Tony Gapastone, and I love the title of your series, Pray Like Jesus. I really am drawn to that because I do want to pray like Jesus. I want to learn how to pray like him. And I think that's our invitation as followers of Jesus is to be like him, to live life like him, and to learn how he engaged with God as father. Just like as Danielle opened up this series two weeks ago, she reminded us that this whole prayer, the Lord's Prayer that we call it, starts with our father, that we are invited into this relationship as Jesus is. As he relates to God, we are invited to relate to God. Just even thinking about that is uh, pretty moving. It's mind-boggling to think that Jesus, the way that Jesus interacted with God, we can interact with God. So as Brad said, when he asked me, so three months ago, I was in a different place. I had a full-time job. I had a salary that was pretty consistent. I had insurance benefits, and uh, that was going to change uh, within a few weeks when Brad said, hey, we're having this series. Do you want to come speak? It's like, sure. He gave me the topics, you know, lead us not to temptation, deliver us from evil, or, you know, um, give us this day our daily bread. And I thought, oh, shoot, I think I have to choose that one. (laughs) Because I know that three months from now, that's going to be pretty real in my life. And so I'm speaking from a place of, it's the 19th, so 79 days into a journey of trusting God. I thought I trusted God for most of my life. I'm 43. I thought I, you know, I've been following him for 27 years. I thought for 27 years I lived by faith, but now I really feel as if I'm living by faith, having to start a new journey. Uh, I left a comfortable job of 20 years as a vocational pastor to move into starting a new endeavor that I would say God led me to. I came to a place of realizing I wasn't growing where I was, or my gifts and skills weren't being used to the place where they could. And uh, I had these big dreams to move to, to Los Angeles to pursue entertainment endeavors. And God seemed to say, well, actually, I'm going to keep you here in the Bay Area, the most expensive place in the world to live, <laughs> and uh, start a nonprofit and, can, and live a, a, like a missionary would. So uh, I started this organization called Brave Maker, and that's where I'm living right now in the space of trying to help churches and trying to help artists create and really learning what it looks like to cling on to those seven words, give us this day our daily bread. So that's where we're going to hang out today. 
So as you know, this prayer, as Danielle spoke and then Kevin spoke last week, right? Uh, this prayer was rooted in tradition into the Jewish culture. And bread would have been very important, it would have been a very powerful symbol to the Jewish people. Uh, it's a, a powerful symbol to us, but in this time of Jesus talking about give us this day our daily bread, uh, any Jewish person would have related that back to the Exodus. They would have related back this idea that God provides our needs, Exodus 16, uh, to when the Israelites were fleeing from their slavery in Egypt. I think that's a really powerful thing because that was a miraculous provision. Uh, if you don't know the story, uh, you should read it. It's so strange, <laughs> and I love that the Bible is strange. I'm really embracing that word, that the Bible is this sacred text of stories, but it's also super weird, and we should be okay with that. Uh, we should wrestle with that and ask questions of it and explore it and figure out how do we apply it into our life. But as the Israelites were leaving uh, the, the, the Egyptian slavery, Moses, who was their leader, who had rescued them from slavery, said, we're going to go to this promised land. And uh, it took them a long time to get there. And they didn't make it there until 40 years. And Moses didn't even get to see the darn thing. But uh, as they were going about their time, they found themselves in the desert, in the wilderness, and they didn't have their, uh, their, their comforts. They even started to grumble, Exodus 16 says. They even said, we should just go back to slavery, because at least we had food back then. How many of you can identify with kind of being at a place where you think God is leading you, and then all of a sudden going, it was actually kind of better back there. All those complaints and grumblings I had, it might have been better to go back to that. And so then Moses talks to God, brings the grumblings to God on behalf of his people, Exodus 16 says, and then all of a sudden this miraculous provision happens. At nighttime, this dew would cover the ground, and it would become white, and all of a sudden it would become this, uh, this manna, and it was described as wafers with honey. Like, how many of you like something called a wafer, and then how many of you like honey, and put that together? Like, it sounds delicious to me. I don't know if it was. Some people say it wasn't, but wafers and honey sounds, sounds good. And then quail would show up at night. So the morning, the manna would come, and quail would show up. So they got the protein, they got the bread, and this is what they became accustomed to. And so as Jesus talks about the daily bread, they would have been thinking about, oh yeah, our people were provided for in the wilderness. This is our tradition to believe that God provides in a supernatural, miraculous way. Side note, I don't know if I'll get there today, but the interesting part, well, no, let me get there, because it's important. The interesting part about that story is that they were told to only gather enough for what? One day. For the day. And then what happened if they tried to gather, or maybe I might say hoard more than their day's provision? What would happen? Anybody know? It would spoil. Oh, yeah. Let's be specific. Maggots would show up in that bread. So in case they thought they, they couldn't trust God for provision, like, let's just get a little bit extra and put it in our tent. And then what happened the next day? There'd be maggots all over. And they'd be, hello, I told you, don't collect any more than you need. For 40 years. It's a long time. So bread in Jewish culture, very symbolic. Well, it's really symbolic and, and powerful in our days, too. Because what do we say today when we talk about money? We use the word bread, right? I got to go make some bread. I got to go to work and, and bring home the bread. We have that phrase, who's the breadwinner of the family, right? So bread in our day and time means money. So as we look at scripture, as we do in any time, as we try to figure out this strange word and collection of commandments and history and stories and literature, we have to figure out how do we apply that to our life today? What does it mean for us to, those seven words, to ask God to give us this day our daily bread. 
And here's why I like your title so much, that uh, we're to pray like Jesus. It's because Jesus models this fully. He embodies what it looks like to trust God as his father with his daily bread. When the disciples said, can you teach us to pray, they were watching him, they were listening, apparently, right, to how he prayed, to how he was incorporating all of those models, those Jewish prayers that had been passed down to them as kids, and they saw that Jesus interacted with God in a unique, different way, and they wanted to understand that because Jesus himself was modeling what it meant to have a relationship with God as Father. He is a human being, although fully God, Mystery, mind-boggled, right? We, this, you know, for the rest of our lives, we'll try to give you know, cute little scenarios like an egg, yolk, white, all that stuff, shell, but it's still a mystery how the God himself, how God, the being, the creator, the divine, the transcendent of the universe became human. But he models how to pray and how to interact and how to have a relationship with God. Uh, so how do we adjust this to us in, in suburbia, <laughs> uh, us in Redwood City in 2018? Uh, I think we could easily just start talking about God wants us to bring our needs to him. God wants us to trust that he can provide our needs, right? That's kind of a simple thing we could say. Ask God for anything. Ask God for everything. Well, keep it, keep it really to your needs. Keep it to your food. Keep it to your shelter. Keep it to relationships. Uh, as I was doing some research, I did a lot of, you know, just looking on different commentaries, and one commentator said, I mean, with good intention, said, that's what we're supposed to do. Trust God with our needs. Let me just make sure I maybe quote it. I mean, it's a simple little quote, but oh, bring to God all of your needs and trust that he will surely provide. Bring to God all of your needs and trust that he will surely provide. Now, maybe because it's where I am in my life, and maybe my faith is being rattled a little bit, or maybe I'm just getting more cynical in my old age. I don't know. I looked at that, and I said, but does God provide all of our needs? Does he? Does he provide all of our needs? Sometimes I don't know if God provides all of our needs. I mean, I know I could say I'm a pastor and I'm a father of Christ. Of course, everything comes from God. But at the same time, I think I look around the world and I go, there are people starving. There are people who are believers in Christ who don't have everything they need. So what do I do with that? I don't know. I think I'm, being, I'm getting to a place where I'm okay with some of the ambiguity and complexity of what it looks like to have faith. But here is what I'm looking at. I mean, first of all, just think about what it would be like to be God for a second, okay? God gets all of our requests all the time. God gets all of our needs on a daily basis. How many remember uh, this movie? Can anyone name this movie, where this is from? Say it louder. Nope, close, same actor. Jim Carrey, yes, Bruce Almighty, yes. So when I say imagine what it would be like to be God, one filmmaker did, and he made this film called Bruce Almighty, where Jim Carrey, this is 2003, I don't know how this would hold up today. Uh, I was watching it, it seemed like a little bit like a Saturday Night Live sketch in a way, uh, you know, eight, 15 years ago, right? But Jim Carrey, uh, he basically kind of contests with God, like, well, I can do what you do, it's easy. Let, let me take on your job. And God, of course, played by... Morgan Freeman says, okay, cool, I'll give you my job. And he, there's this one scene here where he starts getting all of the prayer requests of the world. And he starts trying to figure out, how do I organize these? So one of the scenes, he's got file cabinets of prayer requests, and he's going in there, and he's picking out prayers to answer. And then another time, he says, maybe I'll organize them by Post-it notes. And all of a sudden, the room fills with Post-it notes over everything, covering his dog, covering his girlfriend, covering himself. 
And then he starts getting emails, right? His email inboxes, it's, it's called Yahweh, like Yahoo, Yahweh. All right, all right. So he's, he's you know, <laughs> in typical Jim Carrey style, if you know this actor, he just has this really unique comedy style, and he's, you know, doing all the, the email answering, and he's saying yes to everything. Uh, I want a dog. I want to get into college. I want this girl to be my girlfriend. I want this guy to be my husband. I want this. I want that. And he just says yes to everything. I mean, obviously, it's pretty silly and crazy, but I, I think about that, like God getting every request that we ever have for the whole world. I mean, obviously, God can handle that because God is God. God is creator. God is the one who made all of us and made us this. Uh, but at the same time, it makes me think maybe there's something else here that we can look into when it comes to give us this day our daily bread. Maybe there's a different invitation for us to consider. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we shouldn't go to God with all of our needs. We should. But at the same time, maybe we're invited also to go to each other. Maybe when God gave, when Jesus gave us this language, give us this day our daily bread, the whole prayer that Jesus teaches is very communal. It's not private. But I think us as Western followers of Jesus, we tend to make our faith very singular, and we spend all of our time, I mean, not all of our time, let's be honest, right? We spend uh, two times a month here, maybe. <laughs> we spend a few minutes a day or a week, you know, reading scripture, and it tends, we read it as if it's just about me and God, what God wants to do in me, for me, or with me. But I think in these seven words, give us this day our daily bread, and in the bigger narrative of the Lord's Prayer, there's an invitation that it's something we're meant to share together. And Jesus would have modeled this. Jesus not only asked God as Father to provide his needs. Well, just think about this. Okay, use your imagination for a second, and let me, let me encourage you, beg you, that as we read Scripture, we need an imagination. Scripture writers uh, would have expected us, us, you, me, us, to read these words with our imagination. Uh, sometimes, you know, I can kind of push back a little bit at bumper stickers that, says, that say, like, God said it, therefore I believe it, right? Uh, I think we have to really, what was God saying? Or what were his people saying about what God said? How were his people recording what they heard from the voice in the sky or from their teacher Jesus? And then how do we apply that and interpret that in our life. I think that's one of the greatest, messiest, most beautiful invitations we have is try to understand God and walk with him. So imagine this for a second. Jesus, he's 30 years old, and how did he spend the first 30 years of his life? What was he doing for all those 30 years? There's not a lot recorded. There's one thing when he was 12 or 13, right? He was at the temple, and uh, Mary and Joseph couldn't find him. They'd actually left him, like, what good parents they were, right? They left, they left their son at the temple. It's like some of you leaving your kids here, you know, Hans and Brad are like, oh, who's going to claim these kids? What happened? You guys are already on your way home in the car, and you get a little text. Oops, turn around. Uh, so Jesus is left behind at the temple, and, um, you know, that's the only thing we have at 12 or 13, but for 30 years of his life, what was he doing? Well, he was studying the Torah. He was learning about God in this human context, but he was also making furniture, because his dad was a carpenter. That was the family business. He would have been making tables and chairs, and he would have been learning how to provide for needs. He would have been learning all of the customs of, of being a Jewish boy at that time. So when I use my imagination, I think that's pretty phenomenal to think about that. So when he was at 30 years old, then he kind of jumps off into this new mission of life, 
that he really only had three years of doing. I was thinking, did he save up all his shekels, you know, in his, in his little uh, uh, wooden piggy bank? <laughs> he must have, he must have. But we also have some proof in scripture that communicates the, the bread from heaven, that's what he titled himself in um, John chapter six. He says, I am the bread of heaven. And he says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I think, well, you can provide all your needs yourself, Jesus. Do it yourself. Manifest the bread. Make it happen. But we see from Scripture in another gospel, in, in, chapter, in Matthew chapter 4, we see that Jesus didn't use his power to manifest bread. That was actually one of the temptations. Well, I'm sure you'll talk about this in the coming weeks. The devil, Satan, tempted Jesus to use his power as God for his own means. Come on, Satan, uh, Jesus, you're hungry, Satan said. You're in the wilderness? Again, referencing this exodus, depending on God. Come on, make those stones turn to bread, Satan says in Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm going to depend on God. So this gives me a little window to my imagination to, to say, hey, church, Jesus is showing us as God what it's like to be human. And one of the things that he does as a human is he asks for what he needs, not only to God, but to others. Where do I get that? Well, the Samaritan woman at the well, he asked for water because he was thirsty, also that he was tired. When he was preparing for the Passover, his last Passover, which we say Last Supper, it wasn't called the Last Supper at that time, uh, but he knew it was, but he said to his disciples, hey, I need a place Guys, can you get me a place? Find me a place. He also said, uh, I need a donkey. Uh, so in Luke chapter 8, uh, he tells his, his disciples to go get, go get things ready for them. Uh, but we also see he had all these women who were, Luke chapter 19, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 19, he asked his disciples to go get a donkey. Some people say, did he really even ask for it? He kind of just took it. One gospel says, go find a donkey and take it because I need it. Uh, and then another gospel writer says that when he found the owner, Jesus says, tell the owner that the Lord needs it, so we're going to take it. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that. I, I need a vacation home in Tahoe, so any of you who have that, <laughs> the Lord told me I need it, so if you just want to pass it on over, uh, I'll be using it for vacation next summer. So really fun to think about Jesus as a human exploring his interdependence on people. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a together thing. God can and will do miraculous things in the private of your prayers, but I also see through scripture this invitation that Jesus is asking us to see how it's done. Jesus says, watch, what do you need? Do you need comfort? Do you need support? Do you need a room to meet? I just asked Hans if I could use a room next month. So I was kind of peppering this into my, could I use Mosaic for an event I wanted to do in September? Uh, what do you need? Do you have some medical expenses? Do you know a doctor? Do you know a dentist? Do you have something that you can't provide on your own? Maybe somebody else is going to provide. Read Luke chapter 8. You know who was providing all of his resources? I was talking to my daughter about this this morning. Women. Women, it says in Luke chapter 8, all these amazing women. It says the disciples were with him, but there were some women, Luke chapter 8, verse 1 through 3, who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, who had seven demons come out of her, and Joanna, the wife of Herod, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others, provided for them out of their own resources. That's really mind-boggling to me. It, 
it kind of wrecks me and turns my faith upside down a little bit because sometimes I spend so much time asking God to do things miraculously, provide for my family, uh, make my dreams come true, pay my bills, <laughs> you know, uh, get me into college, uh, get me out of college, all this kind of stuff that I would ask God to do. And the theme of my life has been this. I, I feel as if I've asked God for everything. And I'm, please don't hear me say, I'm not advocating don't ask God. But I'm, I'm more advocating for interact with God and pray like Jesus. Because when we ask God for things, God might just say, whatever you need, we're gonna get you by you asking other people, by you getting off your knees and getting a job or two or three. And I know that might not be a popular thing to say, but God will provide everything we need in any way he chooses, but sometimes it's when we do the work of working with him, that we trust him. That phrase, with him, it's not original to me. I've heard it many times uh, from other pastors and preachers and authors. That word, with him, is so different than for him or to him. Think about that for a second. We can live our life for God, but it seems like God's so distant from that. Or we can live our life with God. And everywhere we go, it's as if he holds out his hand and says, let's do this together. So as I started this new adventure, I was like, God, I don't know what's going to happen here. I feel this is the right thing. I, I, I want you to manifest something from heaven. And he's like, that's not how it's going to happen, Tony. <laughs> We're not going to do it like that. But I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you everything you need. In fact, there's this great scripture that one of Jesus' friends said in 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, this is Peter, one of his disciples. This is Peter, the friend who uh, denied Jesus by, by lying and saying he didn't know who Jesus was when people would say, hey, weren't you with him? After Jesus had been ar arrested, uh, all of his disciples scattered. Some were being persecuted and arrested. And people said, hey, you were with him, right? And this guy, Peter, said, nope, three different times. The story is, and he felt such conviction and guilt and shame because Jesus himself told Peter this was going to happen. So later, Peter is writing about how to live life, how to follow Jesus, how to make sense of God and the mystery and the complexity. And he has this line in his second letter that I love. I, I try to make uh, my family memorize it because I think it's so powerful. His divine power has given, can you say this with me? Given us everything we need to live a godly life. Through what? Our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So Peter starts this second letter by saying, God's given us everything we need. He's given us everything we need. But we could say, but um, I don't have insurance right now. I don't have a place to live. I don't, have, I don't have an assurance that next month, two months from now, we're gonna be able to afford the school that we're going to or whatever it is for you. Take a look at your notes if you have those notes in front of you right now. Uh, there's some questions that I gave to you. What are some of those needs that you might have right now? If you're listening online to the Sequoia podcast, take a minute and think about what is it that you need right now? What is it that you're asking God to provide? What are those things? Even if you have just one or two things you can jot down, I want you to think about this for a second because this is God interacting with us, inviting us to come to him with those needs. Give us this day our daily bread. What is it?
So going back to this phrase, with God and for God, I want to invite us, and I think this is what Jesus is inviting me to do, is to live life with him in his hand, to pray like Jesus, to look at Jesus. When Jesus lived his life, he prayed things, and sometimes God said no. Do you agree? Think about that for a second. Even Jesus got a no. How do we know this? In the garden, after the Passover supper that we call the Last Supper, after the last time he hung out with his disciples, he went to the garden to pray, a place that he would go often, which is also cool to think about, do you have a place that you often go that's distraction-free, where you can communicate with God and talk to him and love him and experience him loving you? Um, Jesus asked for the suffering, the cup of suffering to be removed from him. And what did God, what happened? God said, no, no. And so Jesus responded, okay, not my will, but your will be done. I have to wrestle with this because sometimes I, I make my relationship with God too, and this is gonna sound so weird, but you gotta think about it, too supernatural if there's a way. Uh, sometimes I, you know, my, my, my poor wife <laughs> can attest to this. I sometimes live in such a way that I'm going to open the mailbox and there's going to be a check to provide everything we need. Uh, or someone's going to say like, what do you need, Tony? Like, let's make it happen. And that's kind of how I live my life. I, maybe too faithful at times. And that's prevented me from experiencing God, I think, in the way he wants me to experience him. Because I have to be okay with hearing a no at times. I have to be okay with hearing God say, Tony, you have the power within you. And this is not some independent gospel. I'm saying we can do it all ourselves. I'm saying with God, this might be awkward, but will you grab my hand for a second? Like this, like we're going to hold hands. With God, we're going to do this together. God says, I just want you to hold my hand. We're going to do it together. What do you need? I know you need what you need. Let's talk about that. Now, can I ask you to stand up? Sure. What's your name? Laura. Laura, okay. This is awkward, I know. But I thanks for letting me do this, Laura. <laughs> But we're going to do this, my family and my kids are like, why is he holding hands with this other woman over here? It's for an example, but we're meant to do this life with God. Now, you're going to be God for me in a second, okay? Okay? And you don't have to do anything but just hold my hand. Okay? No pressure. But I'm me, Tony, and you're God, and I'm going through life sometimes like this. God, God I need this. God, I need that. Sometimes I'm like, God, I need this. God, will you just give me this? God, how about that? How about my dad? How about um, what my brother needs? How about my nieces and nephews? Oh my gosh, my kids, they're starting school tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Okay, so please do all this stuff, God. And God, God is wooing me back saying, Tony, come, come to me with all your anxiety. This is scriptural. Come to me with all your tiredness, with everything that you wear. Hold my hand. Thanks, Laura. And sometimes he doesn't say anything. He just holds my hand and lets me vent and we, he invites that too. And then sometimes he'll just walk me around and say, I want you to bring those needs to my people. And sometimes like, oh, do I really have to ask her? Like, oh, come on, God. I've given her an abundance of whatever you need. And she's been praying for opportunities to provide those needs. Ask her. But what if she says no? She might. Ask her. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> Give it up for Laura, everybody. Now, uh, this is also something in Scripture. If you look in the book of Acts as the early church was starting, we see in Acts chapter 4 something so significant. As the church was growing and building, there's this little line that says, nobody had any needs among them because they together provided the daily bread. 
Some of them even sold their own houses, it says, to provide their needs. What if that is the picture of daily bread that Jesus is inviting us into? What if together, that's why you have that little prayer board that I love. That's why you meet together every Sunday for food. It's beautiful to really live this out together. Not that we dismiss the power of the miraculous, not that we don't get on our knees and ask God for everything, but that we also get up off our knees and hear him say, you have me, walk with me. Let's do this life together. And maybe God is gonna put something on your heart, on your mind, that you feel, why do I all of a sudden feel an urge to bring a meal to this person in my neighborhood? Why is that? Why do I all of a sudden feel a need to give my daughter's bike away to uh, my, my brother and his, knee, and his kids because she's outgrown it. Maybe they're too, they, they can't afford a bike and they're just too afraid to ask, but let me give this bike away. And I think if we started to live our life in a way like that, we might see more and more of us have stories of attributing this is how God provided through the community, through the church. That's, I think, this invitation we have to pray like Jesus. And sometimes, believe me, I've had, in this new season of life, I'm asking people for help, and it's so humbling. I want God to drop the manna from the sky, and he's not doing it. He's having me go out and ask people for help. And what I'm discovering is I'm making some new friends, some new connections. I'm finding people say, I've been waiting for something to happen. I've been feeling dormant in my faith or dormant in my creativity, and now I have a reason. I have a purpose to use my skills and abilities. It is so fulfilling to have conversations like that. So church, as we close, let me pray for us. We're going to commune together. And I want to invite us to even commune together in a different way with the elements. I know sometimes you go back and you do it individually, and sometimes you come back and you hold the elements together, and we all take it uh, at the same time. What if in groups or whoever you came with, if you're comfortable, if you want to do it alone, maybe you needed to step outside and walk around the campus for a minute or two, that's fine, talk to God. Um, maybe do it in groups of twos or threes and literally, I mean, it sounds sacrilegious. I don't want to make it sacrilegious, but cheers. Clink those little communion cups together and say, give us this day our daily bread. God will provide. God is with us. God loves you. God sees you. And maybe we could even say around the tables, is there anything you need? I might not be able to pay your mortgage. I might not be able to do it. But maybe I know someone who can. I might not be able to provide the carpool that you need or the babysitter that you need or the, the lawn mode that you need, but I might know someone who can. So what if humbly we made our needs known to one another? And through that, like Jesus, we'd see people getting what they need and being provided for in miraculous ways. And maybe it's not dropping from heaven, but it's dropping from our lives. That's what I think Jesus is pointing us to here. As he says, let me show you how to pray. God loves you, this is wild, just as much as he loves Jesus. And Jesus modeled it for us when he said, this is our Father who are in heaven. So God, thank you for loving us. Thank you, God, for providing us our daily bread. I know in this room there are so many needs, so many heartbreaks. There, there's a need for healing of cancer in this room. There is a need for provision of college tuition, uh, maybe to pay for a wedding. There are so many needs in this room that we're dependent upon you, and thank you, God, for inviting us to do life independence with you, to walk with you, to hold hands with you. 
And so many times you will provide our needs through each other, through your church. That's why we gather. That's why our faith isn't private and singular. It's a together and corporate and whole, and it's a family faith. So as we commune, may we clink glasses today. May we hold up this bread that's reminiscent of all the ways you provide and that Jesus, you yourself, you said you are the bread from heaven. Whoever eats of you will live forever. So thank you, Jesus. Ultimately, you are our bread. You are with us and you promise forever that that will be true. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe. Give it a review and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it. Holy Cannoli Podcast is a proud production of Brave Maker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your tax-deductible donation today. You can post questions or suggest topics for the podcast on our Holy Cannoli Facebook page or use the hashtag HolyCannoliPodcast on Twitter and we might read your question or suggestion on air.